Welcome back to the OWA Talks podcast. I am your co-host, Stephanie, here with my co-host, Sandra. And this month, we have another fabulous guest, and it is Kristen Tischler, who's the Vice President of Global Marketing at Advancing Eye Care. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So as we always start out, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? As uh, Stephanie mentioned, I am the Vice President of Global Marketing for Advancing Eye Care, managing most of the many of the most trusted brands in ophthalmic instrumentation. Um, I graduated from Virginia Tech uh, right after school. This was a long time ago, by the way. Um, graduated from Tech, moved to Manhattan, and I started my career working for an ad agency in New York City, uh, working on several really cool brands. Thought I wanted to be an ad exec, but clearly my career has taken many changes in course, which I'll go to in a little bit. Uh, but after Manhattan, I moved to Boston and I took on a series of marketing roles in the financial services sector. Uh, my career path is a little bit unconventional. In my mid-20s, I took a short hiatus from the office life and I decided to pursue a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I ended up moving to Germany to play professional volleyball for a season. So I ended up quitting my corporate job and moving to go play in the German National League for a season. Uh, so it was a little different path than what most people take, but it was, it was a dream of mine and I pursued it. And, you know, I have a really cool story to tell. Let's I'll share another time. Uh, but after that, I took a marketing position in the DC area, again, in financial technology, and then subsequently in wealth management. And then I landed in vision care. Um, I was recruited to join what is now advancing eye care about six years ago as a director uh, and since then, I've helped integrate some of the best-in-class instrumentation brands into advancing eye care. So the names you're probably familiar with are Lombard, Marco, Santinelli, Ophthalmic Instruments, Innova up in Canada, and several others. Um, and now I lead global marketing efforts for all of our brands in all of these markets. So I'm happy to be here. I live in Virginia. I'm married to my amazing husband, Chris, who's a firefighter. We have an 18-month-old son and a rescue pit bull puppy. Thank you so much for sharing your background with us. It was great to get to know you. Can you tell us a little bit about how and why you got involved with the OWA? I am a very new member. I just joined last year um, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm always looking for ways to connect with amazing people and seek out opportunities for personal and professional growth. And the OWA presented a great opportunity to, to do just that. Um, actually, I've grown close with Maureen Cavanaugh, who is an amazing, she's amazing and a huge uh, advocate of the OWA. Uh, she's also one of our board members. And, you know, through her and through the OWA, I've met so many fantastic women through this network. And I'm actually now in the process of building out a women's group at Advancing Eye Care to bring more of our women into the OWA as well. Well, we definitely appreciate you spreading the word about the OWA because we love to have new members. So welcome to the OWA. So what does it mean to have a sustainable career and why isn't it, why is it important to pursue one? To me, a sustainable career is really unique to every single person. So no matter what field or job function or industry you're in, it's really making choices throughout your professional journey where your work is aligned with your strengths, values, and interests. So you're fulfilled and inspired to come to work every day and to build on what Sherry and James said last month on personal brand. It's finding a job that you love and you're also good at. How do you think that someone can figure out what they want to do with their career and create a plan for themselves to get there? 
This is a really interesting question to me and similar to the one, uh, the famous, where do you see yourself in five years? Which I really, I hate that question because how many of us are actually in a spot where we thought we'd be five years ago? And I don't think any of us, or many of us can say that they're, that's where they are. I think a better way to really position this is, you know, what direction do you want to take your career? Like, where do you want to go? What interests you? And be flexible. Um, for me, you never really know what opportunities will present themselves along the way that will inspire you to pivot maybe into a new function, into a new career, or even just expanding your skill sets within your craft. Uh, for me, it's really about self-reflection and self-awareness and doing intentional checks with yourself every once in a while, just to make sure that you are passionate about what you're doing. And if you're not, maybe it's time to make a change. Um, I, I like to think through uh, things like, what am I doing today and do I love it? What am I interested in? What am I good at? What am I not so good at? Where are my interests going and what professional skills, growth or leadership development opportunities might be interested for me? And what energizes me? So what fills your bucket when you come to work every day and even outside of work? You know, where do you wanna go as a woman, as a leader? as a professional and doing those gut checks every once in a while, I think are critically important. I think as a woman, it's so easy for us to get into the routine of just getting things done and surviving, you know, getting through the day to day, getting through taking care of the house, getting the kids off to school, you know, managing relationships. And, you know, not often enough do we take that time to really take a step back and answer these questions about ourselves. So one of the topics we talk about quite frequently is networking and building relationships. How can someone network effectively and build relationships that support their career growth? Generally speaking, it's all about networking. Uh, you, it's so important, and this is where I have found to thrive, is really just getting to know the people around you, personally, professionally. Um, you never know who's gonna walk into your life and what difference they're gonna make for you. I um, am a huge Hoda Kotb fan. I don't know if you guys are Hoda fans as well, but I had the opportunity. She's also a Virginia Tech alum, so go Hokies. Uh, but I've had the chance to see her speak a couple of times. And there is one resounding message that she that I think about all the time. And she made this quote, and she said, it's better to be interested than interesting. And what she means by that is rather than talking so much about yourself in conversations with people, ask questions, be inquisitive, really get to know who they are, what they do, what inspires them, what about their background, and build that connection and, re and rapport with that person. And that just, it builds trust, it builds rapport, it, it strengthens that connection with that person where you might be able to help them in the future and they might be able to help you in the future. So I always think about that, be interested, not interesting. So here's an example that applies directly to me in that mindset. And this is pre-vision care back when I'm still in finance. Uh, I was on my way into the office one day at my job and I was chatting with someone, it's just a random person in the elevator. So unbeknownst to me, it turned out to be the CEO of what would be my next employer. So after running into this gentleman a few times, talking in the lobby, Know, chatting in the elevator, you know, just getting to know him a little bit and then him getting to know me a little bit, it led to just a couple of weeks later an interview and a subsequent job offer. And that job opened a ton of doors for me professionally after that. So, and that just came with, you know, asking questions in an elevator. So in my opinion, you know, just have conversations, meet people, get to know them. And then secondly, 
seek out opportunities to work with people who energize you. So for me, when I'm coming to work every day and I'm establishing connections with people with my team or with other teams or with vendors or partners that we work with, you know, the biggest career boost and energy for me comes from working a lot alongside these smart people who, who you're interested in learning to know more about what they do, you know, what their skills are. And these productive opportunities are much likely, much more likely to occur for you when you actively seek them out. I always love hearing about people's leadership styles and, and just hearing sort of how stories fit together and career paths happen. What role do you think intentional leadership plays in developing a successful career and building your teams? And what does your team look like today? I love this question because I'm very, I'm very, I'm a list person. I'm a goal setter. I'm a little bit, a little bit OCD on that stuff. So I, I love it. Um, but being intentional to me means you have to believe in where you're going and what your purpose is. So really defining clearly what are your goals and then surround yourself with people who think the same way. And I don't mean building a team that are replicas of you. You want the opposite, actually, but rather the understanding and, and mindset of understanding that common purpose and common goal. So my team are amazing uh, and unbelievable, talented group of people. Uh, they are engaged both emotionally and intellectually and bring various skill sets and personalities to this to the team. We have introverts, we have extroverts, we've got very strong personalities, we've got data-driven personalities, we've got creatives. So a lot of diversity of thought and collaboration goes into all the projects that we do. But we always come together and we say, you know, what is our ultimate goal? You know, what are we trying to accomplish? How are we going to measure it? And what are all of the pieces we need to do to get there? And who's going to be doing what? And just through fostering uh, a lot of trust among this group, we have a great ecosystem where people are not afraid to speak up and they're not afraid to challenge each other. So oftentimes when we disagree on something, there are just varying perspectives of thought that actually make for a stronger final product in the end. So we're all challenging, we're all agreeing, we all want to produce the best possible thing. And you know, the, the dialogue that we're able to have with that, with that ecosystem of trust, it yields really great things. So it sounds like you have a really great team working around you, but how do you and your team stay on top of your craft in a rapidly changing industry? Well, this is, this is also a fun one. Uh, and actually I just read the one minute inspiration from early April. And it was all about growth and the quest for growth that's never ending. And kids, they feel like your kids and they're rapidly expanding minds, always learning, always want, wanting to learn more and share with you, look what I learned today. Um, my husband actually, he called me into the room last night and he said, he's like, Kristen, you gotta see this. And my 18 month old, he's 18 months, he's one and a half. My husband turned to him and said, Lincoln, show me your right foot. And he popped up his right foot. Then he goes, show me your left foot. And he popped up his left foot. And he proceeded to do his right hand and his left hand. And I'm like, how does this little 18-month-old kid know right and left? <laughs> it's unbelievable. But anyway, I completely agree that you have to constantly be, one, following trends, and two, be looking for opportunities to grow. So at Advancing Eye Care as a company, we're closely following the economic tailwinds that are driving the rapid evolution of products and services in our space. So we're all aware of these, the, the aging population and the, the increasing demands for eye exams that we're going to see, increasing occurrence of eye diseases, 
the volume of ODs and MDs coming out of optometry schools and residency programs? And will there be enough doctors to care for this aging population? And what we're seeing on the technology side is the industry evolution and continued transition towards advanced and digital technologies to both help doctors diagnose and treat patients more effectively, and to also help them run their practices more efficiently so they can keep up with that demand. So we have an incredible executive team and leadership teams that work with partners all over the world to stay on top of these advancements in technology. And you know, I'm super blessed to work with these people because you know, we're the ones that are helping decide what technologies are really going to help ECTs across across the U.S. and in the Americas, and how can we help get these hands into these ECTs to better serve their patients. So it's it's really exciting. Um, from a marketing perspective, uh, you guys know it's it's a crazy world out there. It is changing so fast. There's tools. There are thousands of tools out there for marketing. You know, from the chat GPT and AI driven technologies to staying on top of the digital trends and SEO, e-commerce, no, the customer experience. Uh, there's just so many things you need to be privy to. Search engine optimization, traditional media, social media, and how do you stay on top of everything? The question, the, the answer to that is you can't. There's just, it's impossible to be an expert at everything. So what I've done is really built out special crafts, people with special crafts on my team. So everybody has their own specific function and what they are, what they're really good at. And as part of a goal setter, like I said, as part of uh, our goals that when we set our goals for the year, everybody is, is recommended to have at least one or two professional development goals to, to mix into their overall objectives for the year. And this is to encourage and foster curiosity and innovation. And it's, it's up to them to really say, what is the latest and greatest in my particular specialty? And it's up to them to bring these trends and educate the rest of the team and to, to make sure that we are focusing on all of the right things. Uh, what I really love most about these exercises is uh, just challenging the group, inspiring new ideas, and really giving the autonomy to try new things. You know, sometimes ideas fail Sometimes they succeed. When they succeed, it's really, really cool. But when they fail, it's also celebrating that we tried something new. And that's what's going to make you stronger as a company at the end. So long story short, I cannot be an expert at everything, but I rely very, very heavily on my team. Um, we have a lot of fun building programs together with everybody bringing so many different perspectives to the table. It definitely sounds like you have a lot going on for yourself and for your team. And so I would love to hear a little bit about self-care and how important you think that is in maintaining a sustainable career and a balanced life. And then you shared with us that as a busy mom, how do you find time to fit that in along with everything else that you're doing? Sandra, I am not going to lie. This is an area that I really have to make a conscious effort to work on. Like between work, marriage, the baby, managing life. I am the last person on that list that I take care of. And we all know what to do, but it's putting it into application, like really making that time and committing that to yourself. Uh, for me, you know, sometimes I, I don't think I'm alone in this, but occasionally I just let myself get to that point of being completely overwhelmed and exhausted. And it takes a hard reset to pull yourself back out. It, it happens. Uh, so 
self-care, I cannot express this enough. And this is more the, I need to practice what I preach, but it's so important to, to really make that time for you. And this could be, I mean, I, I, it's not the same for everybody. You know, it's what, what recharges your batteries for, it could be routine exercise. It could be going for a walk with a friend, listening to a good podcast. Uh, carving out an extra hour a week for a hobby, finding a great therapist, tampering yourself on occasion. You know, I like, personally love to go to the spa. Um, asking a friend or a loved one for help or simplifying your life somehow. This was a piece that was really helpful for me because you know, how am I going to clean the house and get the groceries and do all the meal prep for the family for the week? And it came to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pay for it. And I'm going to have somebody come clean the house. Even if it's for a short time, I'm going to do one of those meal delivery services just to make my life a little bit easier while I'm going through this sprint. So just finding ways to, to simplify your life, to recharge your, to recharge your batteries and figuring out what, what fills your bucket and rewarding yourself you know, patting yourself on the back, rewarding yourself and scheduling it. Give yourself something to look forward to. Well, work-life balance is something I know I struggle with too. So I'm right there with you. It's very difficult <laughs> to figure all that out. What are some of the common pitfalls people face when they're trying to balance their career and personal life? And how could those be avoided? Losing perspective. It's so easy to get caught up in pushing through. And let me just get through this next project or let me just get through this this next product launch, and then I'll have a break. Or let me just get through this, you know, this week of late nights and getting through my task list. But oftentimes that task list never ends. And it's, it's you know, it, you never really take that time to reset. I personally have, you know, I like to help wherever I can. And sometimes I end up taking on too much. Uh, and my husband, he, he likes to chime in. He was like, Kristen, you know, saying yes to something means you're saying no to something else. So that something else could be other projects you're working on. It could be time with your family. It could be, you know, that time for your self-care. So it's okay to say no every once in a while. It's healthy to say no and really understanding and evaluating your decisions accordingly. You know, know what priorities are and know that too much time devoted to one thing just isn't sustainable. So I love that that you spend time really thinking about things that you can do. Do you have strategies for managing your time effectively and achieving balance between work and personal life that you could share with us? Well, what works for me, and I'm not saying this works for everybody, but I do like to listen to a lot of podcasts and, and development, professional development um, books and things like that. And this, this is just what works for me. So when I start my day every day, I look at the whole laundry list of everything that I'm doing. And I like to say, okay, if I were to only get two to three things done today, what are those three things? I'm starting with those. So the highest priority items, they go to the top of the list. I work on them first thing in the morning while my mind is fresh. And I get those done before I move on to anything else. So I think so easily, at least for me, our time disappears very, very quickly throughout the day. I'm constantly getting phone calls, emails, Teams notifications from all the chats, text messages, and you're just, I, you're overstimulated. There's so much going on when the, when the workday starts. So really carving out and understanding, okay, understand.
understanding that my plan might deviate from what I originally intended to do, here are the two to three things that I need to get done. I also like to set my schedule and my calendar to have dedicated time blocks. So, you know, getting caught up on emails or catching up with colleagues or responding to those messages and emails, you know, that's a time block in and of itself. But I also have time blocks for focus time where I shut down everything else. Like I only have my phone on in case someone needs me for an emergency, but I turn off notifications on my Outlook. I go on Do Not Disturb on my Teams and I'm focusing on this is exactly what I need to do. And this is, I need to get XYZ done. And no, nothing else is more important than this. So having your set time to respond to people, but also having that set time to focus on your projects are actually intentional blocks on my calendar. I heard on a po another podcast once that your email inbox is someone else's to-do list. So think about that. Now, when someone emails you, they're looking for a response so that they continue their work. But you need to carve out time to respond to those at some point, but you also need to carve out time to get your list done. So I, I thought that was an interesting perspective. I'm like, you know what, you're right. If they're asking me a question, that's taking me away from what I need to do. So it's just that was a fun fact that our kid did that I took away. Now, when it comes to personal life, also it's similarly important to put things on the calendar. So the self self care, the manicure, you know, the I'm signing off at five thirty and spending time with my family. I'm going out to dinner with my husband, and it's going to be date night every two weeks or whatever it might be. Put it on the calendar and protect that time like it's sacred. And for me, it's, you know, work will always be there. And if an emergency comes up, they'll get a hold of you. But just being okay with shutting it down and really focusing on spending time personally for what, what fills your bucket and what you need to do. I live and die by my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it's not happening. <laughs> so I feel you on the calendar. It has to be on there. I do like your tip about putting the blocks of, you know, personal time or time to get these emails done having all of that on there. I think that's, that's a great tip. What advice would you have if someone's feeling stuck in their career and they're unsure of what their next step should be? Really? It's, you just have to start. You start somewhere, you have conversations, you know, be inquisitive, take the course, embrace the unknown. I really think, you know, that networking groups like the OWA, there are so many women out there, other professionals that are willing to share their story with you that might inspire you in some way or find a connection for you in some way. You know, just having that and the courage to take that first step. There's a, a saying that I came up with like when I was younger and was trying to figure out my life. And it was, it's called action creates momentum. So if you're stagnant and you're kind of in a rut, the only person that's going to get you out of that rut is you. And you have to take the courage to make that first step. You have shared such great ideas and strategies that I think all of us can resonate with today. And so as we wrap up our podcast, would you be willing to share one last piece of advice with the listeners? Sure, Sandra. It's really just embracing the fact that you're the pilot of your career and your journey. Like, there's no silver bullet. There's no roadmap that's right for everybody. And you're the only one that has direct access to your ambitions, your interests, and your values and you are powerful like you you can do it you can make changes you can grow you can set goals and sometimes it's just taking the first step but you are in complete control now that's you know I always when, when I was going through my career even in college you know it's 
Now I was always like, okay, what do I need to do? Coach, tell me what I need, where I need to be. I need a counselor, a guidance counselor, or a mentor. And really, you don't need those things formally. They are around you all the time through your connections, through through your colleagues, through your family, and just having the conversations with people to get to know you better and, and really understand what inspires you and what makes you happy. All of those things are synergistic to help you as you go throughout throughout life and your career. Well, I'd like to thank you, Kristen, for joining us today. You, I love your one-liners. We're the best. Like, be in, interested, not interesting. I That one's going to stick in my brain forever. I love that one. So thank you. I heard that one. It must have been 12 years ago. And I think about it all the time. <laughs> it's great advice. So thank you for all of your words of wisdom today. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. And I hope to see a lot more of everybody uh, through the OWA. I look, really look forward to working with you all. Well, thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you at our next episode. Thank you.